Eyes On. Eyes On. Live from the Shorja Children's Reading Festival. I'm with Chef Anas Nabila, who came all the way from Malaysia. You've done a lot of things. You've been doing this for a long time as well. So tell us all about your journey. How did you get into cooking? Is it something that you did when you were younger and you got used to it? Or is that something that kind of like a spark that came later on in your life? Okay, so I've always been into cooking. It's one of my passion. It is my number one passion. Uh, it started off because I am one of eight. So I've got seven siblings and my mother, she enjoyed cooking so much. So she was a working mum, but she's also very hands-on with us. So normally when she comes back from work, she would want to spend time with the children. But at the same time, she wants to cook for us and such. So she would drag all of us into the kitchen with her, put us on the tabletops and give us like designated things uh, to do like for instance you know mixing um, the cake batter peeling the beans and such you know like really easy tasks but she got all of us involved in the cooking process so i think all of us grew up enjoying uh, cooking but i took it took it a bit further because you know growing up cooking has always been like um uh, like uh, an outlet for me like when I was naughty and I'm being grounded you know, I would just sit in the kitchen and whip something up so I can you know um, make my parents happy so you know maybe they will like probably lessen my punishment and such um, and but that it's not just that it's like when I'm bored and I don't know what to do cooking was my entertainment so do you have that in mind when you're sharing your recipes and uh, showing us people how to cook? Uh, who are you cooking for? Who are you trying to teach? Is it the working parents or is it just for anybody? Is it for the kids? Is it for teenagers? It's really for anybody. Like I try my best to cook, uh, keep my recipes simple and easy to follow. But at the same time, I, um, I, I don't... I don't not sure if you've seen any of my contents or any of my recipes but it's I don't do one of those TikTok things where it's just like 30 seconds you know you're just like basically seeing someone whip something and then you see the end product like my recipes the videos that I create are slightly longer but you would be able to replicate the recipes because you know I'll uh, share the tips and tricks like you know how to just basically uh, make it without failing that's my aim and my recipes cater to anyone and everyone if you enjoy cooking or if you're just about to learn how to cook whether you are 10 years old or you are 50 years old you'll be able to follow the recipe and you will be able to enjoy it I actually did watch your YouTube videos, so I, I do understand what you're trying to say, which is also brings me to my next question, which is your recipes. And I noticed that they're quite diverse. They don't necessarily um, follow a certain cuisine, and I, you're absolutely right. They do seem very easy to follow. I do call myself a... I'm not the biggest cook out there, but I love cooking as well. But while I was watching your videos and I understood it's very easy to follow. But what about those recipes, those cuisines? Do you pick something that you are personally interested in or is it something you saw and you want to replicate yourself and then just pass this on to other people? 
Well, most of them. Okay, some of my recipes are influenced by my family recipes or the things that I grew up having. Um, but most recipes are just the things that I love. I love having, you know. Like, for instance, I am like, you know, last year I'm really into Italian. So there will be a lot of like Italian flavors. But probably, you know, change it a little bit um, to make it more suitable to those who are in Malaysia or in Asia because that's where most of my viewers or my followers are from so things like that it, it changes all the time and it's just the things that I love making and and I love having so I write a lot of recipes that's part of my job so every month I would have to produce a minimum of 15 to 20 recipes and this is like written and tested and such and um, it, it changes really like and I, I, I love traveling as well so prior to COVID I travel quite a bit and every time I travel I will just basically talk to the locals you know if I go to a restaurant or even the hotels I would just ask them can I just go into the kitchen can you teach me this or can I just watch you cook and you know when I go to the market I'll speak to the fishmonger and the butcher and such and just talk to them about recipes like what can you make with this or that and then I'll just try and replicate it you know and um, when I go back I would make my own version and add my own uh, twist into the recipe. So that's that's what I normally do. And how exactly do you gonna go on about this process? Because you would want to be as authentic as possible to whatever set cuisine you pick. But I'm pretty sure, like you said, you have to accommodate sometimes. And I did actually watch one of the videos where you were accommodating to some of the personal tastes of the people who are your goal or your subject. So how do you go on about it? How do you maintain that, uh, let's call it authenticity, but also making it your own? I, okay, I like this question so much because I'm one of those people that um, if if I say, okay, it's authentic, then it's going to be 100% authentic. Oh, the only thing that I would probably um, change is like, for instance, you know, some French cuisine because I was trained like um, under classical French cuisine. Uh, so, you know, they use a lot of wine and such and I, I don't, I'm a Muslim, so I don't use any alcohol in my cuisine, in my cooking. Um, so I would just, you know, throw that out and just, you know, replace it with things that uh, can sort of replicate the acidity of, of the dish. So I cannot say it's 100% authentic, but it is as close as you can get. Like, you know, when it comes to Italian food or French food, because we have to keep in mind, you know, yes, you want people to taste the, the actual flavor, the authentic flavor. But, you know, I am trying to cater to all sorts of people. And, you know, we have different um, dietary re requirements and, you know, there, there some people who can't take this and who can't take that. And you have to be flexible. And of course, again, you know, as a Malaysian, we are quite similar when it comes to food culture we're quite similar to the Italians it's like no don't do that that's not you know if you do that that's not Malaysian but at the same time like as a Malaysian chef who is completely passionate about Malaysian cuisine I also want the entire world to be able to enjoy Malaysian cuisine and I cannot 
be too strict about it like oh this is not authentic yes of course it's not authentic but it is the closest you can get to a Malaysian cuisine so I believe in that like keeping it real like whenever I teach people say uh, traditional carbonara you know traditional carbonara uses pork so if you go to Italy like you know you cannot order carbonara without the pork and of course I can't have pork so what do you do how do you replace it you know to get to give the best flavor but make it halal so you have to be a little bit flexible but everything else you follow you know like you follow the rules of cooking carbonara for instance like you know the type of pasta that you use how long you cook it with the technique you focus on that but then you replace the ingredients so it's not 100% authentic but it is the clo- as close as you can get to the authentic one and speaking about um, finding your recipes and creating them, is there a difference between writing recipes or just curating recipes for, let's say, TV versus for social media? The various social media platforms you use, for example, on YouTube. Is it a little bit more personal when it's on YouTube or is it equally as passionate and as personal on both mediums? I think when it comes to writing, it's the same. But when it comes to the like when you watch me on TV or when you, uh, compared to when you watch me on YouTube or my Instagram, it's, it's a bit different. One, because most of the TV shows, I don't have control over them. Like I don't uh, decide what makes the cut. And every TV show, you know, you, you do like a, a half an hour program that's just 21 minutes after the ad. And, you know, 21 minutes to fit in seven, uh, three recipes. So that's seven minutes each recipe. So a lot of things get cut out. And sometimes, you know, TV people, they're like, okay, I like this bento. I like the joke that she makes. So they choose to keep that instead of like all the tips that I'm, I'm, I'm talking about. So you don't really get as much as many tips as you would if you watch my um, my YouTube or my other uh, social media content because I have the freedom to keep it as long as I want you know and and say anything I want and fit in as many tips as I want because it's it's my own so yeah if you want you might even see like similar recipes on my TV show and on my uh, social media content but when you watch the social media content it's um it's it's a lot more you'll you learn a lot more definitely and you mentioned that you are traditionally um, trained in French cuisine and that is usually let's say a lot of chefs and a lot of people personalities cooking personalities they usually are traditionally trained do you believe that that is necessary when you want to go into cooking professionally or yes there are many home cooks who eventually trained or just made it in this time and age do you really need to be traditionally trained in cooking before jumping into this as a profession you know we live in the wall of internet really like when i started back in i don't really want to say it but i have to back in 2004 you know you don't get um google recipes you don't you don't do you know google wasn't a thing literally if you wanted to learn you have to open books and traveling as much as you can you know talking to people and i I still believe that these are the core things but you can also learn so much on youtube so much on google so cooking if you want to succeed as a chef it's all about training it's all about practicing and like the more you do it the more you understand it's all about understanding your ingredients and how to work with it like i am able to write a recipe without even 
like cooking it You know, certain people they have to like Oh, add this and that and then make it And then they write the recipe I, I'm able to just write an entire recipe You can just tell me Okay, I want a recipe with chicken I want it spicy or pasta, whatever And I'm I'm able to just write it Before I test it out So, and that comes with experience So, if you are passionate about cooking If you are someone, you know Who've started cooking at the age of 9 or 10 and you know you help your mum cook and you cook every day and you say you're like 20 years old now you don't really need to study culinary in order for you to be a chef you can be a chef because you have experience and i think it's it it's so different to when i started you know when i started um again you know many many years ago you know they tell you like you know you you need to work in the kitchen for this amount of time before you get to be called a chef you know you will start as a commie and then you know after five years that you'll probably be a chef de party and then after how many years that you'll be a this and that um i think that rule still apply in like traditional kitchen but right now you see a lot um, like a lot more younger people doing this a lot more younger people with really high position in a big restaurants in hotels because of that because of, of the experience that they have not necessarily in the professional kitchen but in their kitchen itself you know it's all about creativity it's all about um, your discipline in the kitchen because that is what is required to be in the kitchen and it, that's what is required to be uh, a good chef. And speaking of our recipes, I've been asking this question to all of our chefs visiting us here at Pulse95 and that is what is your favorite recipe growing up? Because it's a children's festival, it's all about the child within you, so what was your favorite recipe when you were a child? Wow, uh, that that's tough. <laughs> Re a favorite recipe to make or to eat? Okay, tough. Um, the fa okay, what I really enjoy making growing up was um, pies. I enjoyed making pies. Um, so I used to make like um, cottage pies, you know, just like, but I had some pastry. Like right now, you're just like, it's meat and potatoes, but I used to make it with like a pastry base and everything. And I remember my mom, she used to teach me over the phone. You know, she was again working and then i'll be bored coming home from school i'm like i have nothing to do um i'm gonna bake something so she would teach me over the phone and how to make this and that and i would do it and you know i remember my first attempt i was probably like 12 years old and then i enjoyed it very much and i started making it for my friends and my friend's mother so i was like the mother's favorite growing up like all of my friends mothers they're like oh my goodness you know because they don't meet anyone else like any kid that would like okay here's a pie for you like i i did that <laughs> only because i enjoyed making it so much and i enjoy the reaction that i get when i feed people they go like oh it's good and even if it's not good they will never say it to my face you know because i'm a kid <laughs> so i enjoyed doing that uh, making that and what i enjoyed co uh, eating was um i think my my mom's cooking like it's anything and everything from her curries to her cakes to everything she used to make a lot of curries because um my my mother is half pakistani so we 
we grew up with this like like Malaysian Pakistani type of recipe food and yeah so she used to make a lot of those and and, and I love it <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit more about your participation right here at the Sharjah Children's Reading Festival? What have you cooked for us so far? Okay, so I did two sessions earlier. Um, I had, I made, the first one was a baked stuffed crab with creamy butter sauce. So this is like a take of Malaysian food. So it's not like 100% Malaysian, but it's, it's, it's a spin on one of the uh, street food that is in the state of uh, Pahang. So in Malaysia, we've got 14 states. Uh, just like over here, you've got seven Emirates, right? So we've got 14 states. And um, every state have got different traditional cuisine, different street food, different traditional cuisine. And even the traditional cuisine is broken into like three different categories the Indian the Chinese the Malay it's 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 fantastic and this particular dish it was in, is inspired by um, this stuffed crab that is from Pahang which is in the east coast of Malaysia so they do this in uh, Kuantan because it's at the coastal area so you get an abundance of um seafood available for you over there so they do this like stuffed crab where they mix the crab meat with eggs and chilies and coriander and like other delicious spices and just deep fry it to perfection but what i did was i baked it because it's slightly healthier but i uh, topped it off with some uh, crushed crackers and some butter and then serve it alongside this creamy malaysian style Malaysian style creamy butter sauce so it's just like butter, chilli, garlic, curry leaves um, evaporated milk and thickened with cornstarch so that is like at the moment a very famous sauce in the street food of Malaysia like you cook that with this they serve it with everything with chicken with prawns with squid with crab with with anything and everything you can think of um, so I decided to pair them both together to make a like a different recipe altogether so that 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 was a hit and i just made a creamy saffron mussel pasta earlier just now and that was really good as well <laughs> it was an honor having you right here at our show eyes on and thank you so much for joining us thank you so much aisha it's lovely um, speaking to you and, and thank you so much to all of you at pulse 95 for spending your time with me we're going to be taking a quick break and coming up next more stuff on eyes on eyes on eyes on live from the Sharjah children's reading festival